on TBS, True TV, and TNT. And that was at 8 o'clock last night. I'll be honest. Did not view it. Did not see it. I did hear through the grapevine, actually, my good buddy, Java Joel, Cleveland radio personality. I guess he tweeted out that during during that, that show last night, Paris Hilton, as I guess, had said, well, when I invented having a celebrity pet... Now, I know Paris Hilton's just talking, right? Like, I mean, I know, right, right, I, right. I know she's just talking, but like, I don't know. There's something about that quote that really made me laugh. Uh, did she kind of invent, like, bringing the pet with you everywhere? Wasn't that kind of, you know, that dog I in her purse? No, I feel like there were other eccentric, you know, weirdos back in the day that had that. Michael had, you know, the, the, the monkeys and, the, and everything, but I just felt like, I felt like as far as like... Wasn't John Waters always walking around with some uh, little John purse Waters dog? John Waters did kind of have a little dog with him all the time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Didn't John Waters have a dog, right, that, 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 that kind of went with him everywhere? I don't know. I it just it's funny. She may, I mean, she definitely maybe she brought it back. Okay, all right. Give <laughs> maybe, her a little bit of credit here. Maybe, maybe that's as far as she went. But I, I just there's something about the quote of it that just made me laugh. Well, when I invented having a celebrity pet, as if no other famous person ever had a dog like before Paris Hilton. She, uh, she, she remains relevant. She's up there doing her thing, and dude, looking pretty good last night. Too. Was she? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you think Paris Hilton's good looking, then she's as good looking she, as she's ever been. Before. She was never really. My my thing like she was never my thing now i'm not gonna say like she's not a good looking woman gross my god disgusting but she was never really my th- actually i always found the sister to be a little hotter and i would have taken nicole richie too any tall hot blondes you know what yeah, i'm saying right, like what, right. are, what are we talking about like oh gross dude right nasty i mean she but she's a little thin for me and like yeah, that whole yeah, thing she obviously. you know she's not you know totally my style but you know she is an attractive woman i must have saw one night in paris three thousand times Jeez. yeah i mean i've watched it a you know, a bunch of times. Yeah, okay. All right. You know what I mean? That's what, she, <laughs> right. dude, if she wants to take credit for anything, like that's almost what she could take credit for is like, she did kind of make the celebrity sex tape the thing to do. I wonder if she hates Kim Kardashian for that, where it's like, bitch, I was the first one who did this and now you've really made it. Like, well, and not only that, especially when you think about the fact that Kim Kardashian was literally just some hoe in right. Paris Hilton's entourage. Right. Like, that's all she was. She was like, a, they called her a hanger on. Like, that's all she was. She was just some chick hanging out with Paris Hilton. Right. Just by rich parents. They knew right. each other and right. And, and it just that's it. To be. Yeah. yeah. That was dude, it. Dude, I, it was doctors and Ray J that kind of made Kardashian what she is. I would, I would I would have to assume there's probably a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. Paris Hilton not doing bad for herself, but you know, still, there's probably a little bit of like f you, bitch. Oh yeah, right? because dude, it's not about money in those circles no. because they've yeah, all they got, got money. money. They've all had money. Both those girls were going to be rich whether they did anything or not. Now they both have more money now because of what they've done, but they both were going to have money. So it becomes <laughs> about something else. It becomes about like in that social circle, who has more currency in those social circles now? Kim Kardashian. Now as we dissect the Hiltons and the Kardashians here on. <laughs> Damn right. I, I, I definitely will say you do have to give Kim Kardashian credit in the sense of you can't knock the grind. I mean, she hustled more than Paris Hilton did. You know what I mean? She made more out of herself. She took what was a reality show and created a brand where Paris Hilton was just like, all right, I, I wonder, did my show and now I'm going to go like into I, obscurity. Well, I wonder how much of that is actually true versus like, do we just not know what else Paris is involved in because of the keeping up with the Kardashian show? I mean, if, 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 if I don't know what you're involved in, I'm definitely going to say you're a little less successful there. Well, I mean, I know she's got brands that sell products, so I don't know how much, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how her numbers are doing, but yes, public perception wise, she's, yeah, I mean, she's not even, well, not only that, but I mean, Kim Kardashian now then marries, what's his name, and then has two kids with, you know, uh, with, with, you know, 
uh, yeah, with Kanye there, that whole thing. It's like, yeah, there's definitely, you would have to imagine there has to be like some some, some legit jealousy there. What? I don't care. I don't care either, dude. I'm talking, I don't dude, care. what? Like famous people can't get jealous with one another? No. Like, no, dude, totally we were can. talking, dude, if this was LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, dudes would be on the edge of their seat, like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right. Dude, you're going to pretend like this doesn't happen with chicks either? Tell me you wouldn't like to watch Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton beat the living crap. I'll tell you what, put that on the iHeartRadio music awards and i bet people watch it they might i bet dude at that point dude it's not on tbs anymore you're getting a 60 dollar you know pay-per-view you know thing like dana get dana white in there he'll sell that thing to every household in america <laughs> call it the heist number two here comes kardashian out with a mask over her face because she knows she's going to take care of that white bread paris hilton be awesome you know what we're doing all day today was that giving people money now, you're not going to be able to live like a Kardashian, no. but we are going to give out $1,000 every single hour on the program. We'll start this hour. It will continue until 9 o'clock tonight. Throughout the entire contest, it's just your shot at $480,000. Yeah, four hundred eighty grand. Rock 106.9 will be given away. It's pretty awesome. Your first opportunity, I think, is coming pretty soon this hour on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's win to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. So much going on in the sports world over the weekend. So good that we're going to have Scott from winningfornextyear.com on the air with us at 8 o'clock this morning to talk that all out. Brown's made a lot of moves. Before we get to those here in a minute, I... Uh, I got to actually, I got to take my people to task. All right. And it's golf viewers. And it's not okay. even so much like the golf purists. It's like the, it's like the casual golf fan. I have never seen a more thirsty audience for a star to be good than the golf audience with Tiger Woods. I mean, they, and I said this during Tiger's great run, is that the part of the problem with Tiger being so great is, is that he overshadows the rest of the sport so much that no other star can kind of blossom underneath it. And and that's not really golf's fault. It's not really the network's fault. It's not even really Tiger's fault. It's just he was so good that there was really no reason for you to look to build another star. Phil Mickelson, had it not been for Tiger Woods, would have been the most accomplished golfer we've seen. Yeah, I mean, you look back at like the true-to-the-heart golf golf stars, and uh, they're all older dudes, dudes older than Tiger. Guys, oh, God, you yeah. Know, well, I mean, those, those are the guys that I look at as like, man, there's it's not that next Jack, generation below. Arnie, and no, it was pretty much Tiger and Phil were the were the other two. And much like, you know, like the jungle, you know, the trees, you know, the higher they get, the less sunlight underneath. So, yeah, that's a very... I mean, a very good point there. If Tiger did have such a broad umbrella that like nobody below him could grow, but hasn't there been enough time for somebody to have picked up that? Slack? Well, no, because nobody's watching it. Okay, like and okay. so like he, it, it's kind of damned okay. if you do, damned if you don't, because the ratings. I mean, honestly, and I have said that when LeBron James retires, the NBA is going to go through a ratings dip, and they will. It will be. It will fall. People forget after Jordan, that league was in the tanks for a while. It it dude, it just it you're beholden to your stars and no more and no sport more so than the PGA and which is why I've been saying I want Tiger to be good right now because the because the level of competition in the PGA has never been better like I, all right I don't actually know if that's true as a viewer it, it's been there it, it's been a long time since it's been this there's been this many guys to watch that are this good. 
Like there, you got so many young guys that are really, really good. Rory's really good. Jordan's really good. DJ's really good. Like you, Paul Casey's pretty good. You got, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are legit stars. That if Tiger plays well, what I've been hoping is these casual fans, like a lot of other athletes, were watching Tiger yesterday. When they start tweeting about it and people start watching it, people are gonna be like, "Oh, dude, this Jordan Spieth kid's for real." Like there's something going on here. And now, granted, he is probably the second biggest star in the sport right now. But it's still like it's Tiger or nothing, and everybody's tweeting Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. He lost the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. Now he did finish in a four-way tie for second. I think it was. I think it was four-way. I didn't watch it to be honest yesterday. I didn't. I, I, I'm a cord cutter. I have a hard time watching, uh, you know, the golf anymore, and I miss it. Terry, it's like the one thing on TV I do miss a lot. But it's like you need to slow down on this because we need to figure out a way to share this sunshine with some of these other young players so the game grows. I mean, put it into perspective, like how long has it been since Tiger has been in this in the position to win, I guess. Not even like a victory, but in the position to win. He's been in positions to win inside of ten years. It's been ten years since he's been Tiger Woods. So I mean that's a I mean that's a decade without a star. So yeah, it's no wonder that I'm they're pretty sure I'm right about that. It, was it oh seven? It was a while ago. I mean it was a long Maybe time ago. Maybe two thousand nine. Like and I have said, and I may be wrong about this, I have said previously that I don't believe that Tiger Woods will ever win another major. Now, granted, he has played better in these last two tournaments than I thought he was going to play all year. I've always said I felt like Tiger's problem was all mental. That that I know he's had the knee surgeries. I know he's had some back issues, but I believe he his body has recuperated. But he didn't feel like it had, and that a lot of his problem was mental, and also that the competition is better. And the fact that DJ can drive it by him now. I mean, dude, they had to tiger proof the Masters once. Like they changed the course where they played the Masters because he was driving the ball too far. Now guys are hitting him well past him, and so it's I I felt like that was playing a component in in him not being able to come back to form. But he played damn good all weekend like I looked at his scoring I mean he played damn good all weekend now I want him to be great but he did not win the tournament and yet golf like it, dude the fan base is like it's like he won and we all know and I'm pretty sure it's April if he doesn't compete in Georgia in April at the Masters it doesn't really matter because it's Tiger Woods that's the line. It's like LeBron James right if he wins the Eastern Conference Finals you're like yeah so what dude win the NBA Finals you're LeBron um, I, I take your point there, and I think from like the from if you're just looking at it from the expectations of Tiger Woods and greatness, and like him trying to further his legacy. Um, but I'm sure from the thought of like PGA and 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 I guess the powers that be within golf, they probably are like, dude, we'd much rather have him out there just competing instead of or not as you know. It'd be great if we could have Tiger back, and it was dominance, and it was headlines, and it was like the front page of every newspaper, and like that you know it became a, you know a movement again. But we know that's not going to happen. If our best option at this point is to have him tied for a second, is to have him in competition, is to have him as opposed to him playing like crap. Because when he was playing like crap, that was you almost can't like, have that almost an embarrassment to the game, and well, obviously an embarrassment to his legacy. Well, right, and and you can't have him playing poorly on TV because the reality is he's still going to be the talking point. It's still going to be, oh my God, Tiger can't play golf. They're not going to talk about how good the guy was who won. They're going to talk about how bad Tiger was. So no matter what, you're still beholden to Tiger. And so you don't want him playing poorly because then the story is your biggest guy in the sport can't play it. 
Right. And then nobody wants to watch anything. It's like they, they're they kind of stuck, and it's nobody's fault, really, because it's not – you can't control what, what, what the masses view as something worth watching. I, I don't think you can, you can fault the masses um, for holding him to what he was. I mean, one of the most dominant athletes, and it's like I, – I think you could put Tiger in the conversation of the greatest of all time at his individual sport or at his sport, um, but I think at the very least, you know, these last decade of crap in the bed, has to count against him a little bit in that sense. So, like, well, he didn't play a lot, though. It's not. It's not. It's not the fans' fault for expecting that dominance. You know what I'm saying? It's it, that's what you grew accustomed to. It's not. It, it's it's not like you know. Well, you guys, you, you have too much. It's like no. It's Tiger Woods, dude. This is what this is what you want from him. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it, it's much like a sex scandal on TV. People say they're done with it, but but put it on the news, mm-hmm. and what do people watch? They watch that. It's very much the same thing where it's like they're just the golf network and like those people that are tied into the golf business, they're just giving you what you will consume and you will consume Tiger Woods. You don't care about Jordan Spieth the way you care about Tiger Woods. And let's be honest, it is partially or at least initially when he first started, it was the African-American thing a little bit. Oh, it was, it was totally part of it. I mean, dude, if not a hundred percent, a huge, 88%. significant amount of that. A major part of it was the fact that he was an African-American golfer. For sure it was. Yeah, Absolutely. But it's like I'm, I woke up this morning and I'm just watching these tweets and like these Facebook updates from all these golf blogs and like the golf network. And it's like, guys, I get it. I, I get it. But y- you need to figure out a way to work in some of these other guys. And what they'll do and they'll get smart is like these guys who are organizing these tournaments, they'll pair other stars with Tiger to play in these rounds. I was going to say that's if, what they'll do. If, if I'm Tiger Woods, do I feel some level of like, I don't know, responsibility, but like, hey, a part of my legacy is handing this game off to this next generation. Does he have, I think he's in a unique position where it's like, dude, you've got to give a little bit here. Like, he, I, I don't know Tiger personally, but I know the game and I know the game pretty well and I know people around it pretty well and those guys all seem to feel that way about that sport where they're because there's something and ironically there's something about class that's built into it which if you go to your local if you go to your local track it's dudes like chugging beers and betting 20s and this and that i mean there's not a lot of class to be found on your local yeah on your local track there's not a lot of class to be found you know what i mean dudes you know not dropping their pants to hit from the ladies tees and all kinds of stuff there's not a lot of class on your local golf course but they're there's they do kind of like to sell that angle of it that it's refinement and so yeah you probably says all the right things in his heart i think tiger is a lot like jordan where he just and i'm I'm talking about michael jordan now where he just wants to beat you so bad that that's his primary that's his primary motivation is that he just wants to beat you and convince you without a shadow of a doubt he's the greatest ever but i've never seen an audience more thirsty for a star to be good ever in my entire life and they're kind of right my sport absolutely needs it otherwise dude you might as well take it off tv and that's coming from a guy who loves it Browns did make some moves. Let's get into that. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRTK.com. And every hour on the program and honestly throughout the day until 9 o'clock this night, we'll be uh, passing out $1,000 every single hour on the show. Nice, dude. Yeah. In a G. Debt collectors, screw them. Yeah. We'll give the money to you instead. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like a double double tax break there. You know what I'm saying? You get two tax checks out of that. Yeah, that is nice. Oh, God, I need to get my taxes done. So do I. I need to, I need to get that done. I, uh, I'm going to be getting some money back, and I would like it. We're going to break down these Browns trades around 7 o'clock. I was asked um, during the break whether or not I thought Tiger Woods had been taking PEDs back in the day. 
you know, because during his run, that was like um, the Lance Armstrong era was right around then, the baseball era, that you know, that whole thing. And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I know he he was one of the first golfers to bring physical fitness into the game. Like he was really big into keeping his body in check. And um, his diet was really good and like that whole thing. I know he worked out a ton. As a matter of fact, when he first came out, people thought the fact that he worked out meant he was going to be too bulky for the game. They didn't they weren't sure that that when he started to bring his trainer around, but he did kind of balloon up pretty quick. So, yes, I I think it's a possibility that that Tiger may have taken some PEDs. I um, I will say, however, though, that that most of his dominance, most of it came from the fact that he could output anyone in big moments. On Sunday from 20 feet, Tiger was money. Money. And I don't think PEDs are going to help you with that. And some sort of like like attention, you know, enhancing PED, you know what I'm saying? If ginseng is going to be a PED, wow, I, then, I mean, I mean, Adderall, you know what I mean? Like, you know, something like that. Or I, something a little more focused in right there. I'm not sh- sure Adderall is going to help you on a golf course a ton. Like as a guy who's kicked the tires on it a couple of times, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, something in that realm. You know, what I, I mean, not necessarily um, Adderall per se, but I don't know. You know I don't think it's crazy to think any athlete that was ever that good was on some kind of drug. Yeah. I mean, dude, I can look at LeBron James's body and be like, dude, is that an all natural, all of it? Like, I, I mean, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, these guys take drugs. Never failed a drug test, though, right? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I think I think the Tiger Woods failed drug test would be a thing of memory there. So I would think. Yeah. So until you, I don't know what the drug testing policy in golf is. Until you show, until you show me some evidence of it. I mean, yeah, we can talk about it hypothetically. I mean, he but. was a big dude for a while, but again, he, I mean, he had like three personal trainers he brought on tour. He was like one of the first guys to bring those dudes on tour, do that whole thing. He was like one of the first guys to do it. Nike was engineering him. Um, you know what I mean? They were kind of like, whatever we got to do to make this thing still be what it is, because they wanted to sell shirts with the swoosh on it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely possible though. Um, it, it, for as much strain as that dude put on his body and the turnaround, because again, those guys play four days in a row, five when you include Wednesday, the pro am. Those guys play five days in a row. You don't ever hear them bitching about back to backs or flying. You know what I mean? So it's very possible that that somebody was shooting his knees up with something or shooting his back up, and then you know giving him some you know testosterone or whatever the hell it is they you know. You know, HGH or whatever those guys take. Yeah, it's totally possible. For sure it is. Um, before we get into this Browns trades and, and give you this money, and uh, I'm a little nervous about this one. Okay. Because I can't even actually say the name of said device. Okay. But there is a male sexual aid known as the ring. Okay. As what we'll call it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> it, it's, That's fair. It's the ring. I'm not allowed to use the C word here. Okay. Okay. But everybody knows what we're talking about. And there's myths surrounding the ring. Dude, we got myths and legends here. All right, there's, there's myths. Greek mythology. All right, yeah. breaking it down about the about if the ring. If it comes here. out of the screen of the TV, <laughs> I, uh, so let me ask you this question before we start breaking down the myths of the ring. Yeah, have you? Worn the ring. Never have. Never worn the ring. Never have. Never felt like compelled to. I don't know. It never was something that I was like, oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta try this out here. Never done it. I, uh, I, I, I have worn the ring, but it was back in the day. Like I was young, like really young, like probably like nineteen twenty. So more of a joke than like a need. Let's just see. Okay. All every because again, okay. you, people forget. Like I didn't have when I was nineteen. We didn't have the internet. 
You know what I mean? So I couldn't be like, well, Google it to, right. See, right. to see like it didn't work. It was like, dude, if you wanted to know something, bitch, you had to try it. Your body was your own personal Google, right? There. I okay. was the canary in the coal mine <laughs> on right. this stuff. All like, right. dude, there was no like, you know what I mean? There were no sacrifice. You were your own sacrificial lamb. Right. That's how that worked. So I wore one, like, yes, as a younger man, but never in my adult sexual life to where I'm like, I, so I don't know, I don't really have a frame of reference whether or not they will help you. But they say one of the big myths with the ring is that they're just for, like, kinky dudes. And they say, yes, they're popular in both the BDSM and LGBTQ communities, which has led a lot of the belief then to be that toys are just for kinky fetish people. Okay. He says, but that's not true, they say. They say the perception of the C-ring is definitely shifting. He said that he sells more, this guy who sells these, he's got like his own C-ring line. He says he sells more to straight men than he does to the gay market now. He says, I think it's just a sign of the times. People are more open about sex and sex toys, and it's not as taboo as it used to be. And they say another one of these myths is that it's going to get snagged on your pubic hairs. He said, well, most people are shaving down far enough now to where you don't really have to worry about that. But also that that, that was kind of always one of those old wives' tales. Don't do that because this will happen. And then, you know what I mean? And I, which I could see. I mean, I don't think it's crazy yeah. to think about. It's a possibility at the very least there. You need to be cautious of it. They're talking about, you know, will it get stuck? And they say, yes, it's obviously possible that, that a ring can get stuck. But it, they say it's also highly unlikely. Um, they say it can get stuck if you put on a smaller size when you are flaccid and if it gets too tight when you are erect, which is why it's super important to find a size that works for you. Which, again, where are you trying on C-rings? Right, and what's, yeah, what's, what happens when it's like, oh man, this one just is not for me. Like, I, Sell me the multi-pack. Right, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Give me multiple sizes in there. This hasn't convinced me yet. This hasn't made me be like, all right, well, maybe. They say you can, all right. All right, so some C-rings have a size on them. They say it's usually in diameter. To get your diameter, you measure the circumference of the penis by wrapping a flexible tape measure or string around the base of your, of your unit. Um, if you want a shaft ring or around the shaft and your testicles, if you want, <laughs> if you want to ring it all up there. Uh, he says divide that by pi. I, don't, I, I think he's joking there, I think, maybe. I don't know. But that sounds uncomfortable to me. The the, the both package, the both rope-up deal. Yeah, I was going to say, I know there's two different styles here where you can just be around, you know, the, the penis, or, there, you know, there's also the option where you can do the entire package. And, like, I guess maybe, I don't know. I don't know which one seems like the better option to me. I think they're both out. Now, the big myth with the C-rings there is that that they're only for old dudes with erectile dysfunction. And they say many men appear to believe that if you don't have a problem getting an erection that you don't need a ring. That's how I feel. And they say they d- that that's not true. He says, if you don't necessarily need whipped cream on your apple pie, but how much better is a slice with it on top? He says, even if you don't have erectile dysfunction, C-rings can make your erection harder and they will last longer, which is a win-win situation for you and your partner. Now, see, I was—I have been misguided my entire life on the ring. I thought the sole purpose of this thing was to delay ejaculation. 
I thought that was the whole purpose of the C ring. I always thought it was if you couldn't sustain a uh, firm enough. You have all the blood in there, right. trap, tie off. Right. Like yeah, a yeah, tourniquet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at that point, you know, it would, you know. I thought it was. I thought it was about pinching something towards the base and near. And that's what I is that maybe what the double package is for? I, uh, is I, to delay the ejaculation. Like, does this? I mean, I, okay. So you, your your erection may last longer, but I still feel like this this isn't this hasn't convinced me of like, man, this is what is my, my sexual life here. What is my ere- What is my erection lasting longer matter if I have ejaculated? Right. Like, uh, then are we just standing around like what, you know what I mean? And I, I guess a firmer erection is probably more for her than it is for you. Right. So if we're not being selfish here, that's actually a great thing to have. I don't, I don't know, man. I guess I, dude, you're not at least a little curious to kick the tires on. I'm really not. Honestly, even after, even after this, I'm no, I'm good, man. I don't feel like any of that adds anything. Like I really don't like, there's no, there's no benefit for me. Maybe the time will come, but I don't, I don't feel like today is the day. Really? I kind of want to try one of those again. I, I, but if it's just about like making a firmer, I guess I don't really have a problem with firm erections. Not that I know of. So like, I don't necessarily know if I need to have it tied off there. I thought it was all about the other issue. Oh, it's weird. See, it's a good thing we cover these hard hitting issues on the Stansberry Show. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known any of that information before you went into work on Monday, and now you do. Don't tell people at work about this. Don't. <laughs> Dude, you know what? It's the sea rings. We all need to try them. <laughs> yeah. Don't I don't do know that. if it's water cooler conversation at the workplace in 2018. Phantom might be onto something with that. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.69. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Every hour on the program, you're shot at $1,000. Your next one coming real soon. What's going on with the Canton Charge, buddy? I'm going to tell you what's going on with the Canton Charge. Uh, first and foremost, we are in the last week, the last week of the Canton Charge season. Uh, so there are two games that I want to invite you guys out to. First and foremost, tomorrow night, I'm going to be getting hooked up with a Kyle Korver bobblehead doll. And then Saturday night is Fan Appreciation Night. And I'm telling you, man, that is a game to be at because literally every prize we have left over from the Charge organization, it's going to be going out into the people right oh, there. Nice, yeah. uh, so so, like I said, Saturday night is Fan Appreciation Night. And a special shout-out to everybody yesterday who came to basketball, dude. A wildly successful afternoon for us. Like, I think there was a little bit of like, well, I don't know, pro wrestling and basketball, is this going to work out? How's this going to go? And, dude, it was just just, just huge yesterday for them. So, uh, shout-out to everybody who made it out yesterday. Thank you, guys. John Dorsey did exactly what I told you he was going to do. New Browns GM did exactly what I told you he was going to do. He was going to start to use some of these picks to put real NFL bodies on this roster because that's what real GMs do. They'll go get you guys who have already played in the NFL. And I love it. Now, I will admit that I thought the quarterback he was going to get was going to be a little bit a bigger marquee name than Tyrod Taylor. And now I'm not knocking the Tyrod Taylor pickup. I think he did very, very well. I think Dorsey did great in these trades. He gave away nothing and got you a Pro Bowl quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. You got Jarvis Landry from the Miami Dolphins, who's a legit wide receiver. 
and Demarius Randall, who can play on the defensive side of the ball and help out Greg Williams and that side of the ball. He nailed it. I mean, you got to put it through the filter of the Cleveland Browns. I think if a lot of other teams would have brought these players in, you'd be like, eh, all right, whatever. Well, Landry would be a splash no matter what, but Tyrod, there's a lot of fan bases who'd be like, Tyrod Taylor? Right, yes. right, right, right. I, I agree. But, but putting an average NFL quarterback into the Cleveland Browns rotation right there, automatically changes the game. So, like, I, I, I would agree with you. You you can't say anything. Uh, the Browns are better today than they were, what was it, Friday afternoon yes. when this all happened? Absolutely. No, I thought the I, I thought the quarterback name was going to be bigger. I did. I, I thought it was going to be Alex Smith, maybe Kirk Cousins, but Tyrod Taylor can play the position where Deshaun Kaiser cannot. Or had not been able to. We'll see what happens. I know he's going to Green Bay, but if you think they're going to put him on the field when they have Aaron Rodgers, you're nuts. You're nuts. But he did exactly... But the Dude, here he is. The GM did exactly what I told you he was going to do. He went and got you guys who have already played in the NFL. I love this. I love this move. I love these moves. Now I'm being asked, Tyrod Taylor's kind of short. So does this mean that they're planning for Baker Mayfield? No. It does not mean they're planning for Baker Mayfield just because Tyrod Taylor is also short. What it means is they could get Tyrod Taylor for a bag of potato chips, which they did. You are not taking Baker Mayfield at number four. Like, I'm sorry. That's just crazy. Does it concern you that uh, you got Tyrod Taylor for a bag of potato chips? So a team that essentially is going without a quarterback right now, they don't know who their quarterback is, felt a bag of potato chips was worth more than Tyrod Taylor in their organization? It would concern me if, if Deshaun Kaiser had not been my starting quarterback. Yes, it would have. The Browns at the quarterback position were so bad, there was no place to go but up. Sanchez would have been up. Brock Osweiler had been up. So, and I and I'll take Tyrod Taylor over both those dudes. Both of them. I don't think Tyrod's great. But I think he is functional and when you've been dysfunctional at the ultimately the only position in the league that truly matters, which is the quarterback position because that's how important it really is. If you improve there, you got that much better. Now, I'm seeing people say, eight games. Slow down. You're not winning eight games next year. I don't, dude, if you think that these moves, sending Danny Shelton out, getting Demarius Randall, Jarvis Landry, and Tyrod Taylor, it means you're eight games. Guys, you just misunderstand the league. And you don't understand how far away the Browns are actually from a winning football team. That's what I was going to say is we're interjecting average to above average talent here. And I mean, that's good. I'm celebrating this moment. I think this is a good thing for the Browns, but to, to say eight wins or to say it's playoffs nuts. or anything like that, nuts. that is, that's, that, that's absolutely crazy. The Browns better than they were, but still, I mean, dude, the team was 0 in 16 last year. 0 in 16. I mean, that's, that's right. comically abysmally, like terribly bad. So you can't, you can't think that three above average NFL guys are going to come in and make a, it make a difference like no. that. Now, to the naysayers, well, they got traded here. Are they going to want to be here? Are they going to play hard? This that. You're right. There's a concern for that. But what are you going to do? Not trade for NFL talent? Right. What are you going to do? Not not play the game? Like, I, I, okay. I mean, you're going to have right, to okay. do it. 
But this just shows you the difference in I've never done this before and I'm going to do it all by these numbers on this piece of paper versus I'm a true NFL executive. I've been doing this forever. I know what the hell I'm doing. I know what this league is about. And this is the way we're going to do it. The difference in the approach is night and day. And if that doesn't give you enough positive momentum going forward with the Browns, then nothing will. Yeah, I mean, there there, there has to be a sense of, I don't know, I'm not going to say optimism in the sense of like, hey, everything's great right now, but optimism in the sense of like they're working towards making it better. I, I, I can totally agree to that. Um, the thing I read on, 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 on Taylor, and this is from Terry Pluto, that kind of, I felt like summed up the conversation here about him. Um, is that Buffalo not looking necessarily for a big, or Buffalo looking for a big play guy. They want more game-winning plays out of their quarterbacks. The Browns want fewer game-losing throws. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And that's that's where right. it is. I mean, you're right in the average. Right I mean, there. how many games was it last year where I came in here Monday and everybody told me Deshaun Kaiser threw the game away? Six interceptions in the red zone from Deshaun Kaiser last year. Taylor only threw four interceptions last year, the entire year. Six in the wow. red zone from Kaiser, which is 28 overall, highest in the NFL. Absolutely insane right there. And I'm told we have a quarterback whisperer of a head coach. So does that not lend itself to mean that Tyrod Taylor will be better than he has been so far? Now, what I will tell you now, why I wanted Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins and why Tyrod Taylor doesn't excite me as much as it maybe it should. And we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about this at eight o'clock is Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins stop the 500 section from yelling backup quarterback because you're like, okay, that's an NFL quarterback. Right. So, okay, they're going to throw interceptions as part of the game, this and that, but it, 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 it quiets the storm of a quarterback controversy. If you draft Sam Darnold at one and Tyrod Taylor in game three is over 10, right. Right. it's Sam, Sam, Sam. I mean, dude, that's the problem is that I don't think Tyrod Taylor keeps the young quarterback at bay the way Alex Smith would have. I mean, I've felt this way every time the Browns have drafted a quarterback recently where it's like you have to commit to this is the guy, this is the, you know, this is the plan with this, you know. You know, Tyrod Taylor, I feel like you you could have worse mentors. You know what I'm saying? If you do get Sam Darnold and he sits behind Tyrod Taylor for a year, like, all right, learning the game with the clipboard in his hand, you could have worse mentors than this, dude. Oh, for sure. Um, But you're right, man. I mean that, and I mean when you've when you've when you've gone one and thirty one over the past two years, how much how much rope is the five hundred section going to give you? Not much. Not dude. not a lot. Not much. Not a lot. But again, what I like about all this now is is what is Dorsey doing? He's not only getting you NFL bodies so the product's better on the field, but what does it ultimately do in the end? It puts heat on Hugh Jackson, bro. You got Josh Cribs. And Jarvis Landry, and I brought you Tyrod Taylor. You're an offensive. You're you're an offensive coordinator turned head coach, and we're not scoring touchdowns. This is on you, bro. Get out. Yeah, I mean, right? That's what's happening here. He's putting heat on. He's putting heat on Hugh Jackson, which is what you wanted. And, and you have to remember too. Here it is. You, you you picked up some offensive weapons. You picked up some you know ability to score the football through this. And you're right with Josh Gordon coming back and with uh you know with with, with, with Jarvis Landry coming into the equation. You still have 
what is it, five picks in the NFL draft coming up? So, like, not only do you have these additions. It's more than that, I think. I think think, think since they traded some away. Oh, yeah. Well, the number definitely came down. But he gave away none of the the top-tier ones. He gave away none of the top. I mean, these were, like, third-round picks, and then there was a couple of picks for next year's draft he gave up. So, with all that being said, you're right, dude. This seat. It has to be. Oh, it's way hotter. hotter. Dude, I Hugh mean, Jackson's seat is hotter now than it's ever been. He just went and got you two legit offensive players. Now, as we talk about all this talent that's going to be able to be interjected and the moves that we've been able to make, is there any bit of like Sashi Brown sitting here like, dude, I got you all that. Where where am I at right now? Unemployment line. I got uh, you all that. I mean, is there any room for him to be able to say it? Yes. But welcome to the how the world works, and it's not going to hold up for anybody. It's not going to hold up for anybody. Um, I, I don't think anybody's going to care about it. But is he going to be a little bit right? And will that, I mean, does it work at his breakfast table? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it does. I still believe it's Sam Darnold at number one. And I think it's Minka Fitzgerald at number four. You got Demarius Randall coming in here now. You get Minka Fitzgerald. And, dude, maybe if you can find a way to do something with Peppers, you can start to solidify that, that back end of that defense, which had some issues. So you do that, and now you got Tyrod Taylor to usher in Sam Darnold into his NFL era, and you got two legitimate wide receivers now. I know a lot of you want Barkley now because of what happened with the offensive side of the ball, and I'm telling you right now, if they go Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley at four, you're not going to hear me complain. I don't really love Barkley at four. I think it's high. But will he be gone before then? Maybe. So if you, I don't love, I, dude, I think Saquon Barkley at one is a crazy idea. I want a quarterback at one. We've we've missed the boat too many times. Give me a quarterback at one. We're we're all, we're getting there now. We're bu- we're building the team now. Go get me the quarterback now. But I told you this is what Dorsey was going to do, and Hugh Jackson's seat has just gotten so so much hotter. Do it yourself. Medical treatment is a terrible idea. I've got multiple. I got multiple examples as to why. We'll get into those after we give you this thousand dollars. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRKK.com. We have uh, some Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. Again, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. At 8 o'clock, it is take on the Brown Strades and the fact that they have $78 million in cap space still to work with wow. and still a bunch of draft picks. Wow. I mean, dude, potentially you could turn this thing around pretty quickly if, if you do it right. If it's, I mean, if, if the guys work out and if the coaching staff is right and this and that, you could probably turn it around. I can maybe see. And now, again, I don't think it's this year. I think it's 4-12. and 12. Five and eleven, Bill is probably where you're going to be this year. Which again, you come off of one and six, one and fifteen, and zero oh and sixteen. I'll take four and twelve, five and eleven, the first year of my new GM right away. Absolutely, I would take that. I would absolutely take. That. Um, I'm being told, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I would imagine this guy has no motive for lying. That Tyrod Taylor has a better record over the last three years than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins four and nineteen against teams with a winning record, according to Steven. Now. All my point was on Cousins was is I feel like he has a bigger NFL name. It seems like the media seems to love Kirk Cousins more than they do Tyrod Taylor, meaning I think most casual NFL fans would give Kirk Cousins more rope, more leash than they will Tyrod Taylor, holding off a young quarterback at bay, along with Alex Smith. 
I feel like if it's Tyrod Taylor, because the media doesn't cover him as much, even though he may be better than Cousins, or at least, or at minimum, have a better record than Cousins, that the media doesn't cover him that way. So then I think the cheap seats are going to still scream for the rookie quarterback. Was the only point. I'm not out here saying that Kirk Cousins is that much better than Tyrod Taylor. To, honestly, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really know. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my name out there of like, well, pff, this is definitively. But the thing I write about, and this is from a uh, Bills uh, sports reporter from 550 WGR or whatever it is. Um, he's an unbelievably athletic player that will make things happen out on the field that you're going to celebrate. You guys are going to scream about talking to Browns fans here that, you know, when you, when you have this guy on your team, there's going to be moments where you think, dude, this is it. This is happening. And then there's going to be moments when they're down four, they've got the ball on the 40 yard line and they can't get it over the 50 because Taylor can't make it happen. And he's like, you guys are in well, we're for used to that. He's like, you guys are in for a roller coaster up and down of like very high highs and very low lows as you welcome him in as your as your new okay. starting quarterback. Interesting. Interesting. I still think that we were starting out in such a depleted scenario at quarterback. I think it's going to be fine. Do-it-yourself medical treatment is never a good idea. We did this with dental not that long ago, and I can't believe people were going to somebody's living room to get fillings done. Like, Crazy. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, dude, money's a problem, and you know, insurance is a problem, but I think ultimately, normally when you try to cheap out on something, you end up costing yourself more money in the end. And I mean, try to cheap out on it. Like, if you're going to sit there and Google, like, the cheapest dentist in Canton or the most affordable, like, fine, but at least go to a medical professional. Like, I get it. You don't have the money for the best, but man, oh, man, you can't just go over to someone's house. Yeah, I um, I, I think that's, it's not smart. I mean, right? Like, anytime, even a haircut at somebody's house feels like, should I be doing this right now? Like, right. I mean, like, shouldn't there be a towel somewhere? If you were to get a tattoo at somebody's house, I'd call you insane. I would. I'd be like, you're an absolute idiot. What are you doing? But right getting now? a filling, you're right. like, yeah, for right. some reason, I'm just going to do this. So, some doctors, some medical professionals, some people in the field got together on a Reddit like um, thread to talk about some of the more extreme or like dumb, I guess, wild medical treatments that people tried at home. This was an adult patient. He had gas issues, stomach swelling, and that kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? When you kind of have, like, the abdominal pain there. bloated there, okay. bloated pain, gas pain there. He took a needle, lit it, and stuck it through his belly button to try Uh, to relieve... Try trying to release the the pressure in his belly from like popping a hole in it. I don't know why, but belly button stuff to me is always very like, ooh, that's got to be painful. If you would have said he just put it in his stomach, yeah, that hurt. But through the belly button, oof. Well, man, I bet you're terrible. right. I bet if I took a bobby pin and I just stuck it in the in one of these fat rolls I got on my side, it hurts. But I bet if I stick it through my oh. belly button, it kills. Right? Oh. I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like the ah. thought of it is even. That's why I was like, when I read the chest, I was like, we gotta talk about this. Yeah, that's because I, I could barely read it without getting like like the cold shivers down my spine. I um one of my one of my porn sites that I've talked about in the past that Here I'm gonna go. try to come up with is belly button bangers, but that's different than putting a needle in it. That sounds awful. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Why am I doing this right now? But belly button bangers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the uh, the Fantone Pornoporiums that uh, that I'm that I've, I'm going to work my retirement plan around. But belly button bangers, yeah. It's obviously going to have to be BBW, even SSBBW women there, and relatively small size penises, but you can get the gist of what it is. There's a niche. <laughs> There's a niche. There's, I mean, you're right. Wow. Um... 
Wow. I don't <laughs> And here we go. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Moving I don't forward. know where to go. Don't don't stick pins in your belly button and uh maybe bang it instead. Yeah, yeah. See, Possibly. you're telling people not to stick small sharp things in the belly button. <laughs> now you want to create the website where they can do it. Oh my god. Where do I go from there? <laughs> I was I was unprepared for that audience. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't under there. So obviously people on Reddit we're, we're, we're like pointing out to this guy, dude, there's 10,000 products sold over the counter. Right. No prescription needed that solves the abdominal pain and the gas, you know, the, the gas issue. And if Doesn't Pepto-Bismol do this? If, if you've gotten to the end of the line where it's like, dude, I've tried every enhancer. Dude, I've tried every Beanex or Beano, Gas-X, whatever. I, I've done them all. Um, I understand there's desperation of like, dude, we just can't figure out what's wrong with you and you still have this issue going on. But like, all right, get off the get off the over-the-counter drugs and go talk to a medical professional. Stop shoving things inside of your body like that's going to be some sort of a cure. Like, did he just think that pressure was just going to release out of him? I mean, like it was just going to like, psh, like a balloon. I, I guess he thought, yeah, that it would ju- it would just be pressure release. More than anything, it's like at this point, dude, like people just have a misunderstanding of how their body works and what is happening inside of them. And like, I get it. We're all not like doctors. I'm no, by no stretch of the imagination am I pretending like I am. But if you really thought that, dude, that's just a sad state of affairs on your education. Well, I mean, back in the day, legitimate medical professionals well, thought that drilling in your head would relieve a headache. If it was 1880 and this guy did it, I would say, all right. But I mean, dude, we're 150 years past that. Dude, another guy says he had a guy come in. He had a head for, for some head treatment. Yeah. All right. He's pretty vague about the actual complaint, but he has some head pain and he looks fine sitting in the waiting room. So they, they bring him in. So he asks him what happened. The guy removes the hat he was wearing and a chunk of his skin, Ugh. the size of his hand, he says, literally flaps off the side of his head. Ah. The guy scalped himself, essentially. Apparently, it had been like that for three days before the guy went to the hospital. Jesus. Apparently, the guy says it was caused by falling in his bathroom and hitting his head on the toilet. But instead of going to the emergency room, he just took duct tape My and, God. and duct taped like skin back down on his scalp. Now, this is Reddit, so I don't know like how much of this is like legitimately happened or not. But if that's true, what an idiot. Just goes to show you, man. I mean... Uh, if, if 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 like there's if there's something to be said about like don't get me wrong you know every side's got their opinion on what it should be but if like our medical like field at this point it's people are so afraid of going to the doctor because they're going to be bankrupt by it where it's like dude I'm just going to duct tape my head back to my head I, God dude we got to change something around here I'm I'm nervous to talk about this one because I don't know all the words all but right. a, uh, but a guy a guy saying when I worked in in the ER my colleague had to see a guy with an ear problem which was pretty common. He had something stuck in his ear. We would see that all the time. This isn't new. Um, it turned out he had completely removed his, is it tympanic membrane? Do I have that right? Okay. Tympanic membrane and the bits that were stuck in his ear and that was were trying to pick out with cotton buds and hair clips were, oh, uh, were his ossicles. Oh. 
So he's pulling out his inner ear with, uh, with a bobby pin. The ossicles are the tiny bones inside the yeah. ears. Yeah, he was trying to remove the bones that definitely should stay oh. wherever they are. Oh, oh, my God. I understand how people put their heads in their sand. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I don't want to go deal with this. I, I, you know, Whether it's because I'm afraid of doctors or I'm afraid of what they're going to say to me or I don't want to go bankrupt, whatever. I understand how you put your head in the sand. But once you know you've got something like that going on, how how is it like, well, dude, a bobby pin, that's what I'm going to do is pull out bones out of my ears. God, well, dude. Especially, dude, there are certain things I just would never try. It's like something DIY with my eyes, my ears. No, no, because, dude, if I screw it up and I can't see for the rest of my life, I, I'm vain like that. Like, I don't I'm sure there's somebody blind listening right now, and I'm sure you're living a well-fulfilled life. I just don't want to attempt it. Well, and I'm sure that blind person would tell you, no, bro, don't come over on this side. <laughs> yeah. you, you're good. You stay where you are, dude. Yeah, that's uh, so th- they're curious, buddy. Outside of belly button bangers, what's the other retirement fund? I mean, do you want you want to do a tease right now? You want me to come back with it? I can I can I can give you the whole the whole rundown. <laughs> you do you, is it all porn empire? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, these are all these are all like niche porn sites. These are all like specific things for specific people. Fantone the Porn King. <laughs> Next on the Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. Have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625, the number you will need. Before the break, we found out. That when radio is done with one Matt Fantone, he plans on becoming the porn king of, well, I guess, Star County. What? So what? What are you doing? What it all boils down to at this point is, you know, as pornography becomes more and more mainstream, you know, if anything, it's become more and more like central focused on what you really want. It's no longer just like, hey, here's a blonde with big boobs getting it on. I- like identity porn. Yeah, yeah. It's something a little bit yeah. more specific. So I'm trying to fill, you know. What I want to say, niche audiences here. So people with very specific tastes is what I'm going to cater to. The first thing that we talked about there was belly button bangers. Bellybuttonbangers.com. I don't know if that's been uh, trademarked yet, but it probably needs to be. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, know real, we'll know real soon. <laughs> We've got supersized BBWs. That's supersized, big, beautiful women. I believe there is plenty of sites on that already. You may. Oh, yeah, ah, yeah, buddy. yeah, yeah. Bellybuttonbangers.com. Server IP address could not be found. Nice, dude. Still available to your boy right there. So what we're going to have there is supersized, big, beautiful women right there with, okay. uh, with with giant belly buttons. And I'm sure you've seen that before. Like there's, I mean, sometimes you look at your own belly button and you're like, oh my God, what can I fit in there? You got a dime in there? You got a quarter in there? I feel like I have a pretty normal belly button. I feel like if we've got, you know, like I said, I mean, Stan's very bigger guy, but not necessarily into the supersized world right yeah. there. Um, And you can add up where things go from there. Just bellybuttonbangers.com. You could get a small penis in there. I That's think. what I'm saying right there. Is there's, there's going to be options available to you. Uh, the second one, Stan's right just over here looking at the thing like, what, well, could, what could I fit in there? I tried mine, but I don't think it'll reach. Now, yeah. there's there's obviously room for other things in there as well, because once you get into supersized BBWs, I mean, you're getting into, like, folds, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And you can open up, you know, the, the possibility for other endeavors, I guess, when it comes to BBB. So, you know, belly button bangers right there. Uh, second on the list is Bum Rush, which is a which is a, a porn site, essentially, uh, what would I want to say, appealing to the dirtiest sides of people, and by 
the dirtiest sides, I mean the dirtiest people, uh, the homeless there. So what you're doing is you're taking what you're doing is you're taking you know a a a, a you know maybe a young actress who's like oh my gosh I would do anything to be famous in Hollywood and the producer's going to be like you would do anything and then obviously you can kind of figure out where things where things go from there. The third one makes me very nervous to talk about. I'm not going to lie about this one because I'm not a hundred percent sure of of where these lines are. Um, but it's called Muffet. And much like Buffet, it's going to have to do with a lot of food consumption. A lot of food consumption, dude. Well, I'm intrigued. Tell and, me and, more. And, 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 and where this food will be consumed from is really what makes this site, it's, you know, it, it is what it is right here. Um, I don't want to be too graphic because I do want to have a job as we continue to move forward here at, at Rock 106.9. Um, but, you know, it's going to be not food necessarily off of the body, but food out of the body. Is that fair to say without getting too graphic? So, so you want somebody to eat the food, digest it? No, 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 no. The food will not be digested. The food will essentially be placed into the body with necessarily with maybe a funnel or something like that. So I'd, I'd have, so a guy would maybe drink orange juice out of a porn star's mouth with a straw? Not her mouth. Not her mouth. Oh, but yes, you're on. You're getting closer into the idea saw, right there. Actually, and this, I'm thinking more mashed potatoes than I am orange juice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. I mean, better than a microwave. You know what I mean? I believe, honestly, dude, you might be onto something. If I if I'm not mistaken, that is that region. The original hot pocket. That's what I'm saying. Right <laughs> it's, there. it's the original hot pocket. That's hop what pocket. I'm saying. So I feel like there's uh there's there's plenty of opportunity here. And 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 I know it feels like most, you know, most parents like, dude, we've seen this, man. We get it. You're bringing the pizza to the door. This is something else, man. You're, you're bringing the pizza, but it's not necessarily to the door. Jim tweeting in, I started listening late today. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was Sunday yesterday. We were both busy. Nobody planned a show. It was like, all right. We'll busy. We'll by, by busy, he means laying around getting stoned. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out to do here. We'll get it done. Oh, my God. No, here's what happened. This is what happened. I We were talking about DIY medical treatment, and Fantone out of nowhere is like, well, what about belly button bangers? <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? And, he, I, dude, he's got, like, this thing where he wants to create porn sites when he's done, when he's done, well, when radio's done with him, because well, that's which, the way that's going to go. Which essentially will probably be March 12th well, which, at 748 in the morning. Right. It might be right now. <laughs> so let me ask you a good follow-up question okay. for those people that do not know. You and okay. I both hail from Twinsburg, Ohio. Yeah. Where once upon a time, a young man made a ton of money from online pornography in Twinsburg. He used to drive around in like a Lamborghini in oh, Twinsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy was his name. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, so, like, did you, like, were you friends with him? Like, um, yeah, we were in like the same social circles at that point. He was a couple years older than me, but like, we definitely ran around with the same people. That was interesting because it did because he just created it and then sold it, right? Is what he uh, yeah, did. Yeah, I think he was more on like the cutting edge of like getting porn onto the internet as opposed to like him actually being involved in the pornographic. Well, the, yeah, process. the story I was told, and I don't know if this—I mean, it was all hearsay. So, but the story I was told is that what he was linked into was the online payment early on in yeah. porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah he yeah, was yeah. in the financial end of like when you paid to access porn online, he for, he created something where he was getting a cut of it. I mean, that's the whole thing, dude. All you have to do is be good at one thing. You know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily have to be the porn star to make money off of the pornography there. You just have to be able, you know, the ideas, man. Um, Belly button bangers yeah. is your most solid plan. I feel like Muffet is pretty good, too. 
My face bad. It's, <laughs> dude, my face not good. If you take, I'm just telling you right now. If you if you could get over the fact that you think creating the name Muffet was so great, <laughs> like if Muffet wasn't the name of it, that's a dude eating mashed potatoes out of. <laughs> all right, all right, and we're done, and that's our career. Oh my god, dude, we should have planned something out. <laughs> no wonder this company's going broke, dude. <laughs> Oh, no wonder. All we do is give away money and talk about things like this. <laughs> All right. Your shot at $1,000 in a new morning show next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, where you can win $1,000 every single hour on the program. Your next opportunity coming soon. We have to talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com first. Scott? I'm sure you know you're tied in. Brown's picking up Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, also Demarius Randall from uh, from from the Green Bay Packers, I believe. Which I believe that's the one people are underselling. I believe that's going to actually have a pretty decent impact. But I'll ask you the first question that people have asked me to ask you, which is, do you believe any of these trades made Joe Thomas go? You know what? One more year. I mean, maybe not in a vacuum. Uh, but I think one when you if you combine their kind of go for it attitude in terms and I, I don't mean go for it in terms of contending for a title I mean go right. for it in let's, terms of improving the team for once let's win a game um, right yeah right right yeah coupled with what they you know could potentially do in free agency you know maybe um, I, it, can, it certainly can't hurt um, you know and I don't know if there was any one move or two moves that would keep him here, um, but it, but I, I will tell you that Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback he will have blocked for during his career as a Brown. I, I would agree with that, but now I want to talk a little Tyrod Taylor here. I'm not down on Tyrod, okay? Now, I did think that, that the name at QB Dorsey would get in the offseason would be a, a bigger premier name. Okay, now I don't know who's better. I, a guy actually tweeted me this morning tells me Tyrod Taylor has a better record over three years than Kirk Cousins does. But I maintain that Kirk Cousins has that media name and that what I liked about Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins was is that if you take Sam Darnold at one, that I think that Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith have more of a leash where it's not like the 500 sections chanting Sam, Sam, Sam after one bad game. Where I think with Tyrod Taylor, that does happen. We're, we're, we're walking right back into a quarterback controversy with a rookie and a guy who's already played in the league. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think that's more in the fans than anything. Um, you know, all the numbers you just spewed about Tyrod are legit. Um, he has one of the best interception rates in the NFL over that same period. And I think when you contrast that with what Browns fans had to deal with last season with uh, Deshaun Kaiser unfortunately throwing interception after interception red zone too um, yeah. if if yeah if they if they if they turn on Tyrod that's i think that's more on the fans than 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 anything else i do think that uh you know th- that Tyrod will have will have a leash i can't imagine given uh, given an 0 and 16 season um you know that there's the, the if if the pressure's to win a game I, I struggle to see any rookie quarterback who will be able to step in week one and, and, and give this team a better chance to win more so than Tyrod Taylor. Sure. Um, you know, I think his ability to run is his, 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 his decision-making is perfect for, you know, and I hate the cliches, but the AFC North football, right? I mean, right. when you, when you, when you can't, when you can't 
throw it. Uh, the ability to run is huge. And, uh, you know, and so and Tyrod has been able to, you know, amass a lot of yards on the ground. And, and quite frankly, without an offensive line as good as Cleveland has, uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what they can scheme up for him, uh, given, given the, you know, the, the meat that they have on the line. As not in particularly a Bills fan, I can't necessarily say that I'm super familiar with Tyrod Taylor outside of highlights that you'd see. And the thing is, the guy seems like he's a highlight machine. And and, 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 if, and if that's what we're walking into right now, you. I will take it. Um, the question is, though, is is how long does is he the plan? Is this a one-year plan from the Browns? Are they still drafting you know quarterback at number one? Is the premium still there of, of we've got to get a guy that we can build around? Or is Tyrod Taylor the guy that you can build around? Well, the beauty of having him really on a one-year deal is that you have you can make that decision and without it hurting you financially, right? I mean, you can. This isn't like RG three where you sign him to this multi-year deal and he lasts, you know, a game, and and then you're you're financially stuck and you and you don't know what to do with him. You know, if he if he plays well, the Browns still have a ton of cap space to to extend him if they feel like that's the way to go. Eighty million. Yeah. But but in an ideal situation, you know, whoever they draft is ready to go in a year and then, and, and, and Tyrod can sign a, a multi-year deal with, you know, whoever else, you know, wants to give it to him. I mean, we were seeing some of these quarterback numbers that are going crazy, right. um, you know, and that's, and you know, so if I'm Tyrod Taylor, you know, I'm excited about being in Cleveland because you're excited about being with a team that wants you. I mean, don't forget that they're, they're what two and a half, three months removed from benching him for Nate Peterman. Right. Um, you know, so they, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of mutual, understanding here and if and if and and they give the browns a lot of wiggle room where if he performs and he's and he's the guy great um because this you know is is any fan who's unexcited about this move needs to realize the big difference between having a 32nd ranked quarterback and maybe a 15th or 16th ranked quarterback because i think he can get you that and uh and and if, if 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 he can at least own the quarterback room much better than, you know, anyone really has outside of Josh McCown. I mean, that'll be a huge, a huge boon for this Cleveland team. I would imagine. Yeah, I would agree. We're talking to Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. I, um, I said this this morning, and I think it's true, that I think one of the other things that nobody's talking about with all these Browns moves is something Browns fans want, which is I think Hugh Jackson's seat is hotter than it's ever been. Because now you got John Dorsey who's going to look at you and be like, bro, I've just brought you Tyrod Taylor. I also got you Jarvis Landry. So if jo- the Josh Cribbs thing, if that, or I'm sorry, not Josh Cribbs, if I'm uh, Gordon, Josh Gordon comes back. If you got Gordon and Landry as your wide receivers, I brought you a quarterback that's played in the league before, and I got you defensive help. What's the excuse now, Hugh? Like, what's your excuse now? Like, now you got playmakers at, at important positions, and you're an offensive coordinator turned head coach. If we can't score points, this is on you. So I think a lot of the Browns fans that wanted to see Hugh Jackson get fired, that this is now putting the foot on the accelerator. Well, I think it's a great move for Browns fans in general. I mean, it, 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 the accountability will be much higher. They didn't trade a bunch of picks or, or give a bunch of money to A.J. McCarron, which I think is a win. I and do. And to your point, I mean, they, you know, they, there's weapons now. And I'm not saying they're going to draft Saquon Barkley, but, you know, in the event that he falls to them at four, um, even more so in terms, of, in terms of scoring points. Now, you know, again, you know, if you're, if you're Hugh Jackson, you're saying, listen, I thought I had the, the game plan in place, but my quarterback kept throwing interceptions last year, and which, which, has, a, which has some truth to it. Um, but, you know, the way he abandoned on the run and threw that kid to the fire was not doing anybody any favor. So the good news is, 
he's a veteran pro quarterback, um, you know, at, you know, under center who can do a bunch of different things. So, you know, they, to your point, I think you're, you're spot on that, uh, even, the, even the people who wanted Hugh gone, um, you know, in the people who liked Hugh Jackson and right. think he should have stayed, um, neither both, you know, the, the, the debate will be out the window. You know, it's, it's, he has, he has the, he has the pieces. He just has to make it work. So with picking up Tyrod Taylor, do you think you still think it's a quarterback at one? I hope so. Um, yeah, because Tyrod Taylor, again, you know, isn't exactly on a long-term deal here. And, you know, he, 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 you didn't, you didn't go 0 and 16 to, to, you know, to, to, to have Tyrod Taylor be your quarterback of the future. You know, I think, I think Tyrod's a huge upgrade over what they had. And he gives them again a professional quarterback, which is much more than they can say over the last couple of years. Right. But you you still need you still need to scout the hell out of these kids and find the one who's going to be here three four years from now, not the not not necessarily the the guy who's going to be you know under center next season. So if I was going to ask you, Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, which one of those kids it is? Who is it? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I you know I I, I lean Darnold <laughs> just based on the stuff I've seen. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not scouting film or talking to these guys or, you know, getting, getting a, getting a feel for what they want to do. I, I do think from an upside standpoint, Darnold seems to make the most sense, but I, I, you know, I also feel that he could be the one to benefit the most from having a year off out of all of them as well. I would agree with that and, statement. And, and if, totally and if, and if he's going to have a, a, a year behind Tyrod, I think that's uh you know, you have to factor that into it as well. I would take that. And, and yes, I agree with that totally. I, I believe Sam Darnold could use one more year, and I think Tyrod Taylor might be a good quarterback for that situation. Do you like the pick of Saquon Barkley at four? If, if he's, he's there, there, I mean, I think I mean, he's yeah. a – it's tough to it's tough to argue against his talent. I mean, you have people weirdly pounding the table to take him at one. So, I mean, if he's at four, I think you do it. If you ha- if, But, again, I think it comes down to – where you think a guy like Fitzpatrick can can fit in? You know, I know he was saying he wants to be a slot corner, which is not what this team needs. They need a free safety. Um, you know, so if they think he could fit in at free safety, I think you make that pick. I think if Chubb's there on the outside and you want to bolster your D line because you just got rid of Danny Shelton and you you think you need a a little more there, um, you know, I'm fine with that as well. The good news is there's, there's four quarterbacks. You get your choice of the four. Right. And if anyone else wants them now, look, Buffalo needs a quarterback now. Um, you know, so they're, they're a team who could, you know, potentially move up, you know, and, and leapfrog and potentially move and take another quarterback in between one and four. Um, you know, I think the Browns are going to have their pick of the litter at four as well, which is, you know, they're going to have their top quarterback choice and they'll have their top playmaker choice where they want to deploy that asset, whether it's offense or defense, I guess is up to them. We're talking to Scott from com. I have one more question for you before we let you go. Had Tyrod Taylor been under center last year for the Cleveland Browns, do they go winless? No, I mean, how many of those games were were lost in the final couple minutes with a More than with a, a with a with a with a horrible interception? I mean, I don't know which one. You know, you can't you can't assume they're going to win all of the close ones. Um, but I mean, it's tough to not squeeze out maybe two of those, maybe three if you're lucky. I take the um, which, right now. Which which isn't exactly you know a you know something to write home about, but it's not zero and sixteen, and that's you know when you if you can keep yourself from being embarrassing. Um, you know, you'll 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 take it, but I I do think Tyrod would have made a hell of a difference last year compared to what they made Deshaun Kaiser do. I would have to agree. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Make sure you check out that blog every single day. They do some of the best covering of your local sports you're going to find. We talk to Scott every Monday at eight. Scott, man, have a great week. We'll talk to you again next Monday. You too, guys. Take care. We'll get you right back into more Sands Ray Show after giving you this thousand dollars right now. 
your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock. 106.9. Uh, yo, guys, fans, on from the stand. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just a reminder, this Saturday is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. And we will be out for the Sandsbury Show's Shamrock Shenanigans with Coors Light. Three separate locations. We'll start at Lobie's, then we'll move up to TD's on West Tusk, and then we'll finish out at Falcone's Tavern, which is also on West Tusk. The times of those can be found at WRQK.com. We'll let you know this. First 50 people through the door at each location. Get a free Stansbury Show pint glass. And, of course, we would encourage you to fill that with some Coors Light. Those are nice glasses, different than the ones years past. Very comparable, but different. How are they different? They're different. They've got the way the logo's kind of printed on it. So if you've got one from last year, you got to come out and come get this one. Oh, I one. didn't notice. I compared them. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I had one, and I was like, oh, dude, look, there's some differences here. Because so. I just looked at them, and I was like, well, the logo's the same. So I was like, okay, whatever. Well, I didn't, But I didn't think about like how they were actually laid on. Get your ass out there and come party with us, dude. I'm so glad it's Coors Light, too. The perfect beer for St. Patrick's oh, Day. good day drinking beer. Yeah, love it. Love it. I'm looking forward to the corned beef. I love corned beef. Yeah, I'm at this point right now where I'm like, dude, do you want to go like, because I mean, corned beef's going to be on sale all week. It's like, should I go to Giant Eagle, go grab one, make one tonight? And it's like, yeah, why not? But it's like, do you want to wait for it and wait for, you know? Well, I cheated. I got one in the crock pot right now. <laughs> right now. Now, I got I to gotta, I, I gotta portion it out because you got to be careful with that stuff because, you know what I mean? It can get, the calories can get away from you. But still, like a four ounce serving of it's still 200 calories, which, again, I mean, I do. I have a food scale at home, so I like measure things out. But. It's it's cooking in the crock pot right now because I was in the grocery store yesterday and I was like I found a small one it was That's like sale. it was like yep. seven bucks and I was like all right this is small God. put it in there ten hours later fork tender oh buddy I can't wait to get home today I'm gonna have to run my ass off at the gym That's all right. There's an issue that faces every nation in the world and I think we can fix it. All right. I don't know how to fix it, but I think, but I think we can. Uh, this is a problem that can be fixed. All right, Stansbury Show fixing world problems here. I like it. I believe homelessness in this country could be fixed. I don't believe that this is a problem that's so insurmountable that we can't do it. Much like I think we could feed every person in America pretty easily if we actually would stop bitching and bickering back and forth about how we're going to do it. And is this mean to do it this way? If we would just do it, we could get it done. Chronic poverty is definitely something that that could be handled better. There's no question in my mind about that. And I mean, I know you're not talking about like, well, there will be a true to the heart, not a, a zero homeless people. Of course, there's going to be people who, who, who don't, you know, take advantage of the opportunity in or front of themselves. It. Right. But as a, as a statistical looking at it as America as a whole, bring that number down to essentially zero. We could take a major bite out of this, out of this piece of pie. Okay. And there are ideas out there, and I'm not sure that this is one of them, but New York City now is offering a free year's worth of rent to homeless people as long as you move out of New York City. Wow. Wow. What what they're doing here. Yeah. What they're doing here is they are giving people a free year's worth of rent in upstate New York. Okay. So get out of the city where we want the people, you go live up there in Syracuse and we, you know what I mean? We'll right. pay for the first year. Right. 
It's going. Listen to this. I'm surprised that this isn't national, like all over national news. To be honest with you, like this is one of those stories the news should be telling you is happening, but they're screaming about other stuff that isn't really happening. This is going so well, apparently. They had somebody actually quit their job in New York City and was like, dude, I'm taking this offer. I'll move up there. I'll move upstate. I'll take a year, find myself another job, and I get a year's worth of free rent. Yeah, I guess what's to prevent that? You know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm standing in New York right now just barely getting by, it's like, well, why don't I take advantage of this? A year's worth of free rent. I mean, that's that's a huge amount of money. In another case, a married couple had been sanctioned in New York City for receiving benefits through the Welfare to Work program without working. Right before the city then paid $15,000 to house them and their four kids in Broome County for a year anyway, Schultz said. And in another case, they have a mom and her two kids were shuttled to the upstate county, which encompasses Binghamton and its surrounding towns, despite an open welfare case. So there's some problems with this case. And people are going to say, well, this sounds mean. Like, you're just shuffling the problem away. And you are. Here's my problem with it, okay? Is that all you're doing is taking disenfranchised people and then sending them to a to a part of the state where they don't know anyone? Where yeah. they don't. Where they, I mean, honestly, dude, if you're living on the street, it's probably because you've worn out your welcome in other places where you do know somebody. But now you're changing their entire environment around. They're still probably not educated well enough to go get the job that they need to. to you know what I mean? There's you're not treating the underlying issue of right. homelessness. You're just getting them out of your. You're city. just moving them out of the city. Now I've heard of. Of, of cities that have sent people back to where they came from, where essentially it's like... They go, if you moved here you and move, now you're homeless, if, get back to you where you're from? If you moved to L.A. and you're from Minnesota and you get have out? family there, like, we'll send you back there. And I don't know if... I can't remember from I think LA. they paid I, for the bus trips, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, you were sending them back into what hopefully was an environment where they could su- succeed. Because you're right, um, a big part of it, especially if you're chronic homeless, if you've been homeless for a long time, now if you've just been out on the streets for six months... Lost your job last. Right, 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 right. Then maybe this is a different situation. But yeah, but just giving somebody free rent <clears throat> isn't necessarily going to give them the life skills that they need to be able to make that, no. you know, a, a success. So like, if if there's if there's other support involved, where it's like, hey, we'll send you there, we'll pay for your bus ticket, we'll pay for you to be there, and we'll give you the job skills you need or whatever, you know, the life skills you need, then maybe you're onto something. Broome County, where they're being sent now, says now they show up here with no ability to pay the rent after the year. Right. They want their medical assistance, their right. utilities paid, and they may also want additional cash. From our social services. He says that may require daycare if they do get jobs. But then again, none of them are employed, they say. And you've got to think, too. I mean, New York City, any big city is going to have plenty of resources available for homeless people where you go into smaller towns that aren't necessarily used to dealing with like a a big homeless issue like that. They aren't going to be able to give them that food. They aren't going to be able to give them, you know. I heard in L.A., and I don't know how true this is. I was listening to a podcast, but I heard in L.A. that there are so many programs for you to take advantage of as a homeless person in Los Angeles that you will never, if you try hard enough, work the system hard enough, you never have to spend a moment of your day outside. 
that there are so many places to offer. Now they say it takes work. Like you got, now, obviously yeah. you got to be outside a little bit because you got to go from shelter to shelter. And they say it's work, and you might as well go work a day job. But that if you, but if you calculate the system well, and you you have the right map, you know breakfast can be gotten here, lunch can get can come from here, dinner can come from here. I can stay here. I can stay here. That there are so many systems out there to help people. To, to get back on their feet that what's happening and I believe that this is a very small percentage of the people that accept this kind of help that they're actually scamming the system and just kind of like shifting from shelter to shelter but what do you people get like people hear that and they get really mad but welcome to the human like survival instincts it's fight or flight so what do you think people were going to do be like all right no I guess I'll just sleep in the freezing cold cuz cuz you think I should versus going to this shelter. I don't know why people get angry about that. So of course people are going to scam the systems. Welcome to systems. So if you want to change systems around to where to enclose loopholes, I'm for it, but you got to supply some kind of assistance for some people. But I if I now all that said, if I lived in New York City, I wouldn't hate this. Yeah, but if you lived in upstate New York, you certainly would. Yeah, because I mean, what's happening? Are you? Is it just like a Greyhound bus full of people? And like, what? Like, who else? Because where are you putting them? Like, it doesn't even get into that. Like, where are you housing them? In my apartment building? Yeah. Are these people criminals? Have they been convicted of of of, of violent or, or sexual crimes in nature? And you're just going to drop them off in my building? Like, I wouldn't like that. You're absolutely right. If I lived in upstate New York, I'd be beside myself angry about that. It's very interesting. 500 people in Canton shaving their head. We'll tell you why they did it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity for $1,000 comes in, uh, at 9 o'clock this morning is when we'll do that. We have charge tickets. We're about to pass those out here momentarily. Um, looking ahead for tomorrow, Tuesday, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday. Looks like we have new Taylor Swift for you, Delicate. Okay. New Shine Down. Their song's called Devil. Okay. And we'll have to figure out a country song for the week. Right. I um, I want to make sure we haven't done Devil by Shine Down. I don't think we have. I guess if I look in our song catalog and if it's in here, we would know because it's not like anybody else downloaded that. I mean, my short-term memory is not the best. I'm just gonna come out and say that, but I don't think I remember hearing New Shine Down. Yeah, well, you think Muffet is a great idea, nah, so that like, is true. so like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm going with you on that one. Yeah, see, it's in here. That had to have been us. Okay. That had to have been us. Okay. So it's so it's in there. Okay. You think I'd write that down? I would think so. Did I had, I, I had, know. no, I did. I was keeping a digital profile and like uh, updating it every week of the songs uh, that got played, and then I forgot to do it. That, that one's on me. Nearly 500 people in Canton have shaved their head, and I wish I would have known about this. I would have done it. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hair grows back really easily. Yeah. And I wear a hat so much, especially in the winter. I wear one of those like winter skull caps all the time. So like this wouldn't have bothered me to do this at all. It's such an I don't want to call it easy thing to do, but it's definitely one of the it's one of the more accessible things to do for charity that you can do. Okay. And um, apparently we're gonna see a lot of bald heads because approximately five hundred people buzz their hair off Sunday afternoon. To raise money for childhood cancer research, and again, what a great cause to. Right. to and I mean, if it's all it's going to cost me is my haircut for you know cancer research, I feel like that's a fair bargain. Um, this took place at the North Canton Racquet Club on Promway. I didn't even know we had a racquet club. That's kind of cool. I, um, I'm, oh yeah, North Canton, baby. I mean, come on now, it's not uh, Canton proper. We're talking uh, North Canton. Of course, there's a racquet club. Uh, so uh, for those of you that might be listening that are members of said racquet club, I need to know. 
is this strictly a tennis thing or is there racket ball there? Because I love that game and I wish my gym had it and they do not. I'm sure they got they've got I, uh, My dad used to take me to play racquetball when I was a kid all the time. I love that game. Organizers are hoping that it will generate around three hundred thousand dollars for childhood cancer research. What a great thing that would be to raise that much money. Similar events will be held throughout the entire month of March for the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Below are a list of events if you want to participate. So I guess there's still plenty of time for me to shave my head off. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you've got, you've got options here. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure they'll be able. This is like when you said, yeah, I'll jump into a lake. Now all of a sudden you're signing yourself up for things you don't even know about. Um, so I guess I can do it March 16th at 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Uh, uh, that would be at Case Western Reserve, I guess. Saturday, March 17th, which will be our Shamrock shenanigans, so I won't be able to do that right. one. But that's uh, that's also in Cleveland at AJ Rocco's. Um, St. Baldrick's is a great foundation. Yeah, I've, I, I've known numerous... Munch is tied in with them pretty tight. So like I, I've I've gotten to work with them in the past through him. Yeah, I've known numerous people who have been you know involved with it, and you know. Obviously, like childhood cancer. I mean, any cancer sucks. There's no question sure. about it. But like, I mean, childhood cancer is just such a Brutal. such a nightmare for a family to deal with. And 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 if that's the way that you feel, like, hey, man, we can rally around and we can we can support and we can raise money, then God bless you, dude. I'm happy. Happy you guys are out there. Yeah, like I said, man, it's like shaving your head. It's like, yeah, new. You don't want to be bald, but neither does that kid. Right? right, and you're going to be bald temporarily, right? And this kid's going to, you know what I mean? This kid's actually going through something real, and my hair was going to grow back pretty fast. Like I, I wish I would have known about that. I would have done that. That would have been one of those ones where I feel like, oh, okay, all right, this is for charity, and it costs me like literally nothing. Not that I'm talking about money, but it's like this isn't really, it's not really hard, not difficult or anything. It's just going to be a little time consuming waiting on the uh, on the hair to return. But to you, 500 that did that yesterday to raise that money for those kids, shout out to you, yeah. man. That was well done. Well, we appreciate you, and we need more citizens just like you. We have $1,000. We're not allowed to keep it. They won't let us, so we're going to give it to you next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity at $1,000 is moments away. That's when you get your keyword. You'll have more money than you had yesterday. It's a pretty smart move. And need it. Dude, it'd be so nice to have an extra $1,000 right now. God, it'd be great. So I didn't see this last night because I'm a cord cutter, but one of the things that was on television, one of the many things that was on TV yesterday that I would have watched, I would have loved to watch a little bit of Tiger Woods playing golf yesterday, but one of the other things on TV, I guess this was last night, was an unaired, originally unaired interview with O.J. Simpson, and if I have this woman's name right, it's Judith Regan? Correct. Who wrote the, was she the publisher of the book? Correct. She's the publisher of the book. Now, the book they're re- referring to is, if I did it, this is how I would have done it. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing. But that book he wrote in the hypothetical, this is how this would have went down. Right. So last night, they aired this interview that I guess was recorded in 2006, but originally it had been unaired until last night. We have a little O.J. Simpson. Let's take a listen. Uh, and you write in the book. Now, picture this and keep in mind that this is Purely hypothetical. 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 Yes. Why don't you tell Which, me? Which, why do it? Right. Well, like why? Like here, here's the thing. Now, and I said this then, and I'm I know I'm not the first person to come. Obviously, everybody can draw this conclusion. But if you were even accused of doing something, the worst offense you could ever have for yourself is I didn't do it. But had I done it, if I did, his lawyer, you know, came out obviously and said that this was OJ in a very desperate time, and they offered him a ton of money to do this, and that was the incentive for to do this interview, to do the interview and the book, the book, okay, interview and the book, and he was desperate and he needed the money, and that's why he did it. Okay, I don't buy that. Why don't you tell me 
what might have happened on the night of June 12, 1994. <laughs> and let's just walk now, through the night. I, well, first of all, it's, this is very difficult for me to do this. Now, uh, wait, hold on. Now, see, now he's lying, okay? Like, he laughs as she brings it up. Like, uh, like how am I supposed to be able to do this? But the book had already been written by this point, correct? Yes. So, like, so you've already, it's, it's so difficult for you to do what you've already done and put a book out about? Like, that's crazy. This is very difficult for me to do this. Uh, it was very difficult for me because it's hypothetical. I know and I accept the fact that people are going to feel whatever way they're going to feel. In the book, the hypothetical is... Uh, uh, Charlie. Uh, uh, that Charlie. <laughs> so in this book and within this interview, you'll hear him reference Charlie a lot. I don't remember this character from this whole thing. Because there is no real Charlie. He's living it through the hypothetical Killer. murderer okay. named Charlie through this the, because that's... The entire time you were loading this into the system, I was like, what in the hell is OJ talking about? I watch this case every day on TV like everybody else. I don't remember a single person referred to as Charlie. Okay. Yeah, so so this is... You'll hear him switch and he... I don't want to say gets confused at times, but you'll hear him switch between talking about Charlie, talking about him and Charlie, and talking about himself being there in kind of three different ways. So the story gets a little bit muddy. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, I'm already a little confused. Uh, this guy, Charlie, shows up. The guy who I had recently become friends with. And uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but it told me you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. And, uh, and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop. Right. So we kind of hooked up together and, uh, you know, I'm kind of broad stroking this. We go. You're broad stroking what might have happened with your new imaginary friend, Charlie. That's what's happening here. Jesus, this thing's a mess. Get into Bronco and go over it. Let's just go back and do the details. Where did you park? This is the detail. You park in in the hypothetical in the alley. You park in the alley. Yeah. And you put on. A wool cap and gloves. Uh, in the hypothetical, I put on a cap and gloves. Right. Yeah. And um, you reached under the seat for? Um, a knife, but I believe he took it. Charlie took the knife? Yeah. In the book. You know? So Ron Goldman comes in the back gate. Yeah. A guy I really didn't recognize. I may have seen him around, but I really didn't recognize him. To be so this is where Ron Goldman's now coming back to the house to return something back to Nicole, Nicole Brown's. Yeah, yeah. Her mom's glasses, I believe, is what he was returning. In the mood I was in, I started having words with him. You get into a fight. Nicole comes out. A verbal, a verbal, a verbal fight. fight. Got a little loud, and by that time, uh, uh, Nicole had come out. And we started having words about who is this guy, why is he here, what's going on. And, and she says, this is my house, get that the F out yeah. of here. Worth noting, they've been divorced for years now, right? When that when this all happened, uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. There was there was. It's not like it's not like this was. It's not like they were still married. It's not like this was. I think right it, out of the gate. Well, I think it was more estranged than okay. anything. Like they were living apart, but there were people who say they were still sleeping together occasionally. But welcome to relationships. That right, stuff's right. that stuff's mucky all the time. Yes, and I think Charlie had followed this guy in one, make sure it was no problem. And he brought the knife. As things got heated, uh, I just remember Nicole fell and hurt herself. Now, see, that's interesting there. See, that's interesting there. Because I thought we were talking about a hypothetical. And he says, I just remember. So, do you don't remember things from a hypothetical. 
Now, maybe, now, maybe I'm, 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 you know, raking this with a fine tooth comb too much. Maybe what he's saying is, is I remember telling you for the story of the the book that that maybe this is how this happened. Maybe that's what he meant. But to me, this is a very, uh, this is a slip, and he's letting you in on the fact that he actually did do it. And uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember I grabbed the knife. I do I remember. remember that portion, taking the knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing so hold there. On. So he remembers taking a knife away from a fictional person? No wonder this thing didn't originally air in 06 because, dude, this thing shoots holes in his boats left and right. After that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there and there's all kind of stuff around and... Um, um, what kind of stuff? Blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is hard. Right, right. The I amount of gotta... laughing in this is uncomfortable, too. I mean, dude, somebody murdered your wife and her friend. Yeah, like, she's still dead. You know what I mean? Right. So whether you did it or not, and granted, I, I know it's 2006, time has passed, but dude, nev- I'm never going to find it funny. Back up again. Right. It's <laughs> okay. I'm going to back up. This is hard. This is hard. I know. I'm going to back up to try to make people think that I'm. But he's one of those guys, man. If you watch him in interviews, and especially if you go back, and now that you know, it definitely helps for sure. I, I, I won't deny that. But if you watch him in interviews, he does look like one of those psychopaths who you can't see past their eyes on some level. Like they're just dead right past like the pupil level. Like it just like there's emptiness behind there. OJ always looks like one of those to me. (laughs) Um, You wrote in the book, I had never seen so much blood in my life. Mm, Covered. You're covered. The scene. Can you describe it? It's hard for me to describe it. I'm telling you. I don't think any two people could be... um, Murdered the way they were without everybody been covered in blood. And what goes through your mind at a time like that? I don't know. It's like, uh, what happened? Mm -hmm. You write about removing a glove before taking the knife from Charlie. Uh, You know, I had no conscious uh, memory of doing that, but obviously I must have because they found a glove there. And blacking out? There is no Charlie. before. There's Not no Charlie. Knowledge. No. no, of course. Uh, of course talking about blacking like out? This would take place in anybody's life if it were to happen. I would imagine it's something that you would probably automatically uh, have trouble wrapping your, your mind around it. For some people, that is true. Traumatic experiences, people can black out. That can, that can happen. For this particular situation, I feel like that's pretty damn convenient for O.J. Simpson. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Dude, if this would have happened now, like imagine had OJ been early on the CTE thing, right? And been like, dude, this is what it was. This is what I find very, very interesting. This thing ran last night on TV and Twitter was like lighting him up, talking about how guilty he was. And I've always maintained, and I believe, and I still maintain that this is true, that had Twitter been out during the OJ trial itself, 
Twitter would have thought OJ was innocent. For sure. If you read Twitter day in and day out, month in, month out, that's definitely the mentality, is that it would have been OJ was innocent, the man, the, 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 the you know, racist injustice system is railroading another good man. That would have been the narrative on Twitter. So there was a little bit of me that was very encouraged this morning when I woke up and saw so many people like, dude, this guy's guilty. Because I can't think of anybody more guilty of their crime than O.J. Simpson. And yet, when he was found not guilty, you had people in this country who told you it was a good thing, even if he was guilty and he got let off, because it needed to happen. There were even members of the jury who have come out since then and said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we did this because we were taking one back for us. Like, that's craziness. Like if, And I can't believe like when a juror says that, when a juror says that, that they haven't, that that wasn't enough to for the, for us as a country to go, you know what, maybe this how we pick juries thing, maybe juries, maybe this whole thing, maybe this whole thing needs to be reworked in total. I have never seen a more guilty person go free ever in my entire life. And honestly, I can't, you cannot deny the fact that I think it was a little like what that juror said. Like, yeah, we feel like this happens to us all the time in these communities and Mark Furman and we deal with cops like that all the time. So we're going to take one giant swing back. This is what I'm always saying about problems now, right? Is that we're going to overcorrect the steer. And that's exactly what that OJ verdict was. That dude needs to be ashamed of himself. He was guilty the day of the crime. He was guilty in 06 when he did the interview and he's still guilty now to even be able to laugh even partially during some of that. I'm a guy that laughs during all kind of uncomfortable things. That, to me, is very disturbing. And the fact that he keeps saying, I remember, I remember, I remember, while talking about a what is supposed to have been a hypothetical run-through of the Nicole Brown murder. Wow. Man. I would have been glued to the TV last night watching that. I have found OJ to be very, very interesting since this whole thing started. Your shot at $1,000 is coming right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock. 1069 Rock 1069 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069 Online for you at WRQK.com Good news for wrestling fans Our, uh, our very own Matt Fantone Sitting down with Coffee Kingston from New Day He'll be sitting down with him a little later this afternoon We'll uh, run that down for you tomorrow Kofi Kofi I'm calling him Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because he's black? Sandsbury's racist No, I, uh, Sorry, I didn't know his name no, I'm not surprised Kofi, yeah, Kofi Kingston Member of the New Day, right there. Can this I get a, a spelling? Yeah, K O F I. Oh, I Kofi spelled it right. Kingston. Yeah, I Kofi right. Kingston. Okay. Uh, this is the, the the second member of the New Day that I've interviewed here, so pretty excited about it. Nobody else is. I know. Eight forty five tomorrow. We will run that audio gold <laughs> back down. But the only real American art form. Besides jazz, right? Isn't that what Al Snow tried to yeah, tell us? Pro wrestling to jazz, the two American art forms, right there. Every time I hear that in the Friday audio reel, I want to choke the life out of Al Snow. But the problem is, I don't think I could. And B, I, dude, I've racked my brain trying to think of one of the other original American art forms. But outside of like cowboy movies. All right, smoking weed. 
um, you got. Well, a, that's not even. I don't even. I think, guess you can't even put that in. You, no, you've got, you've got, you've got cowboy movies. You've got rap music, uh, jazz, and pro wrestling. And I don't even know, dude. I think pro wrestling's been around before America. I mean, I what about think. the luchadors? What about uh, what about you know you know? There's, you know it's not like you know New Japan's not a thing. There's plenty of plenty of pro wrestling. Oh, good. World. I don't need the actual art form. Oh. I just need something to debunk Al Snow. I like it. Yeah, oh, there nice. You go. I like it. There you go. Tomorrow, Kofi. Kofi. Not coffee. Not coffee. Not coffee. Speaking Kofi. of wrestling, before we get off oh, of it, here just, we go. No, just shout out to everybody who came out to basketball one more time, dude. It was oh, yeah, hugely successful for the Canton Charge and Ohio Championship Wrestling. Uh, thank you to everyone that was a part of that yesterday. Yeah, that was good. It was. Did I pass you on Tusk as you were heading down yesterday? Probably. Because I saw, you, I'm pretty sure it was you in the car, and I thought you stopped and turned and looked at me in traffic. It was like, oh, I think that's Stansbury. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, was going, up, it was early. Up by, up by like, uh, the TDs maybe area yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I thought that was you. I was curious. Stansbury and Fanto, two ships in the night. <laughs> Just, uh, I was on my way to go grocery shopping. Surprise, I needed food. There it is. And uh, you were on your way to go do things there with the, uh, the can charge. Yeah. This is not the best news I've ever heard. All right. And I, I actually pulled this from uh, from our website. The United States Marine Corps Commandant told Congress it's becoming difficult to find qualified candidates for military service because only 30% of young adults measure up. Wow. General Robert B. Neller told the House Appropriations Committee that while recruitment of qualified individuals has been difficult, he believes this is this that the current Marine Corps is very good. Now, I want there I want there to be a, a high standard when it comes to what the military you know views. You know what I'm saying? I, yes. So I, I I don't necessarily feel like that's terrible unless it is terrible. Is there something else? <laughs> he says one of the biggest problems with recru- with recruitment alcohol abuse. A problem, Neller says, is due to inexperience in youth of the Marine Corps, which is made up of 62% of people who are 25 years old or less. Sure. Jeez. Yeah, obviously. Um, Neller says the qualified candidates they do find are incredibly smart, having grown up in the digital age with the Internet and social media. Um, But a lot of this is also the fact that so many young people are obese. So when you add drug problems and obesity together... It ends up being that thirty percent of the people that that are looking to to enter these systems are qualified. Yeah, I I, I want there to be a standard. I want there to be, but I don't want it to be like, well, only thirty percent of people make the cut because you guys are all so fat. That doesn't feel. That just feels like instead of like them having a high standard, that's us just being lazy and fat. They say here reasons for candidates to be ineligible include those who are obese, those who lack a high school degree or GED equivalent. Those taking prescription drugs for ADHD and those with some types of tattoos and ear gauges, which I don't really get the ear gauges thing because most of those, I know some of them are, are, you can't go back, but a lot of those, can't you just take them out and they kind of like, and they fill? Like, can't they? I, 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 that one seems weird to me. Some of them. I mean, but I mean, a lot of them I know you can't. I was going to say, I think a big chunk of them, you're going to still have holes in your ears. They say some of those requirements can be waived for an otherwise qualified applicant, according to the officials. Now, the obesity thing, and again, I've never served in the military. So first, let us say thank you to everybody who has, right? Um, I'm able to sit here and do what I do because of what you did. Never that, that That's never lost on this program, okay? But could I not make the argument that if somebody else, if somebody is completely qualified outside of obesity or an overweight issue, shouldn't you take them? Because aren't you, A, 
while you're in the military, the amount of food you're given is decided upon. You don't decide it. So there's that, right? So your diet gets better automatically. I, now, again, these are assumptions. I don't know any of this. But isn't it boot camp? I mean, I have buddies who went who were physically fit and were like, bro, it's hard. And so, like, aren't you essentially then putting them through, like, the biggest loser military edition? Um, I, I think the problem is there, though. It's like we, we, we as the military have a priority and we've got, you know, goals that we're supposed to accomplish. And if we're going to be stuck basically on remedial physical fitness and that's going to be our, you, you know, day one of the military is just like, hey, you know, make sure you know how to, how to well, go I mean, it's not on a trip. Field training, right? I mean, a lot of those guys and women, or a lot of those men and women are showing up aren't necessarily athletes. I mean, like, I, I just feel like it's comparable to if, you know, you as a college are spending your entire time like, oh, these kids didn't learn math, so we have to teach, we go, go back and teach them high school math. You're losing what you're supposed to be focused on there. Uh, yeah, if you slow down the class for one student, right. you, you hurt the rest of the class. There's an argument there. For sure there is. They say the pool of talent already small, so Neller says it's becoming even more difficult to find people that are even interested in joining in the first place. So now we're down to 30%, he says, and we have to find those that have a, a propensity or are interested in doing this. At least 99.7% of those people who join the Marines do so right after graduating high school. And despite the difficulties in recruiting, Neller said the Marine Corps achieved its targeted recruitment numbers. Wow, well, at least that's good. On retention, I was concerned about that last year. For the first time, we were really struggling to make our numbers to keep folks, particularly in our senior, enlisted. This year, we're on track to make it. Well, that's at least a positive sign there. But 30% of the people looking to join this stuff are, 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 are the only ones that are qualified? And again, obese, overweight and obese are different things. My guess then is that they would take somebody overweight and then realize, okay, obviously once we make you do laps at 5 a.m., you start you know, doing all, all the drills and stuff, some of that weight's going to come down. Now, again, I'm purely guessing there. But I would imagine I would imagine that enrollment's probably going to be down. I mean, there's there's a view right now that a lot of what the, what the U.S. has its military doing, a lot of people aren't in support of, and like so when that kind of rhetoric starts to ring through from people's kitchens and living rooms, it, it seeps up into kids' bedrooms, and they start maybe thinking, okay, maybe I don't want to do that. And then again, a couple of months ago, was it a month and a half ago? You had a high school teacher calling the military the lowest of the low, and so this is what the educators are doing now. So of course, there's going to be an issue where maybe some of these younger people feel like this isn't the best thing for them to be doing, especially when you have high school teachers telling them that people who serve in the military are the lowest of the low. It's despicable. Like I do, they, they still need to find that guy and draw and quarter him. We do have those charge tickets. We'll pass those out to end the program next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of it. I can't believe that. It blinked and today's over. Quick one, dude. Yeah, it's Monday went by real fast, man. Like that. Case of the Mondays. You know, I, I read that every week, yeah. and I have a list of things I should be thankful for. Okay. Like a list. And I think most people are probably guilty of this, of not taking enough time, even daily, to just kind of like reflect on where you are and where you could be and how easily you could have been there. If just one decision here, one decision there. But if there's one thing in my life I'm thankful for, now, my alarm clock goes off really early Monday morning, right? My first one set at 3.40 in the morning is when my alarm clock goes off, right? That's early, okay? Now, I could set it at 4, whatever. It doesn't matter, that, you know, whatever. But if there's one thing I'm thankful for, it's that I didn't want to come to work today either. Like, I didn't want to wake up for work today is what I should say. 
That's ultimately what I mean to say is that I don't care about it being Monday. That I'm lucky because I like what I do. And that if you changed when I did it, like if I didn't have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, this would be the greatest job in the world. That's like the only downside of this gig is that when you have to do it. But like when I read that, I don't like we mock social media postings all the time. I don't want to mock that one because I know that's like real for you. Like a lot of you like hate Monday because you're just waking up and you're going back to the thing that you hate and like on Sunday Sunday by 10 a.m. I feel like my weekend's over because it's like well I mean you know I I gotta start getting ready for Monday and this and that so like Sunday's like kind of like a throwaway day but I still sit there and think I don't want to go tomorrow but I want to go more than most people do and like I don't dread Monday the way a lot of people do no I mean at the end of the day it's very easy for us to uh, you know lose perspective of how grateful we should be to have the jobs that we do but no it's uh, it's a fact and it hits me every Every Sunday, I start seeing it when people like start posting about how they don't want to go to work again tomorrow. It's like, well, Monday. I don't really want to wake up for work either, but like, I don't hate the fact that I gotta go. Like, I'm I'm actually very excited to go. I'm happy to go. So I, uh, th- th- there is a little bit of that every Sunday where I'm like, okay, all right. So, dude, are your um, are, are are your are your panties tight right now? You're getting you're gonna you're gonna talk to Kofi Kingston soon. Uh, yes, uh, a member of the New Day WWE superstar Kofi Kingston. Um, I'm gonna be interviewing him a little bit later in the uh, in the morning here. Uh, I guess he has a new book coming out, and I think it's called The Book of Booty. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be finding out what's going on with that. Obviously, the road to WrestleMania is happening as we speak. Um, so I, uh, I I can't wait to talk to Kofi. And what is it, 8:45 tomorrow? We'll be running it. 8:45 tomorrow Okey-dokey. morning, Matt. Fantone since I'm a coffee. Kofi! Kofi! Damn it. I'm drinking. It's almost like you don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Did I not hide it well enough? Was I not? Was I? I thought I was thought I was hiding it. Pretty clear. I thought I was hiding it very well. Multiple opportunities for you to score yourself a thousand dollars all day. As a matter of fact, that will continue with Teresa coming up at 10 o'clock, and then uh, it will continue until nine o'clock this evening. And, of course, that will happen all week. Your shot at $1,000 every single hour, 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock every night. I believe it's something like total, like $480,000 Rock 1069 is going to give away. A lot of money right there, dude. A lot of money. Dude, that is nuts. That is a ton of money. So we'll get out of the way. Let Teresa give you your next opportunity. Before we're done, got to pass out these charge tickets. We'll take caller 10 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on New Tour Tuesday on Rock 106.9. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.